0: It's coach O, baby, Coach O, yeah, who's around the and Utahgers? You listen to that uh, sports antelope remixed with your boy belts and then people calling and everything. And um, you know, look, baby, I'm Coach O, and uh, you know, uh, I said some bad things about Maneri, um, but he's gone now. You know, I'm trying to get Derek Jeter to come over there and, and uh, coach the and Utahgers, baby, and they're gonna be winning. They're gonna be champions, like like we are, baby, like my football team gonna be again. Cause we coming baby I'm Coach O bitch Go Tigers Warm it all up
1: Everything you got Do not come
0: Do not come I'm gonna come
2: Welcome to the Sports Analyst episode number fifty-four, the Gemini Method. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Loaded show today. We have an interview with the first openly gay player, aside from Michael Sam. Actually, a real NFL player, Carl Nassib, will join the Sports antelope in the very beginning. Groundbreaking stuff. Our marketing department, killing it. Andrew Yang is out of the mayoral Mer- uh, race in New York. Who's been covering that race? closer than the sports antidote. Ikea decides to hand out watermelon and fried chicken on Juneteenth. That was a bad idea. The Sixers choke. uh, It's Simmons' fault, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. The Suns ending recently in Game 2 versus the Clippers. That's how a real coach draws up a play, Uh, unlike the one down here in New Orleans and unlike the one in Philadelphia. Disney confirms the god of mischief is bisexual. Thank you. We had to have that. The Baltimore Police Chief speaks out. We'll be talking about the 2021 Panthers, and the Gambino's family's finest, Roy DeMeo, in regards to the Gemini Method Bro Exotic comes on to talk about his fraternity, finally, and then Tommy Bench, more on Hunter Biden, uh, the fact that he got his car stolen, <laughs> and some uh, some Taiwanese chip stuff. He gets He gets over my head pretty quick. Hell, I don't know, man. That's why we bring him on the show. He's smart. I'm not. Whatever. What an opportunity to have Carl Nassib on the Sports Antidote. I know most of you won't believe this. I don't expect you to. I mean, we had Chuck Knobloch on here. Four-time World Series champ, should have been five, rookie of the year. He came on. So who's to say we can't have Carl Nassib on? Without further ado, let's get him on the show. Special interview with Carl Nassib, the first gay defensive and the first gay player to come out that plays defensive end in the NFL. Dude, thanks for jumping on the Sports Antidote. Danny Butts, thank you so much for having me. Great. Uh, I really think it's amazing what you've done. Oh, well, hold on. Hey, uh, we're not, uh, Carl, we're not ready to go yet. Uh, oh, I'll we're not recording?
1: Our...
2: Well, no, we are recording, but we're going to have to, uh, Can we're working out some kinks real quick. Um, can we just work through this for a second, and we'll just start all over again? <clears throat>
0: uh, Yeah, you're, don't, don't record this for a minute. Uh, I just wanted to say that the reason I, took your podcast is because, you know, I did see that you guys were talking about that Arizona election. You know, I, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter through and through, I, you know, I actually marched with Richard Spencer and the proud boys, but I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous what's going on. You know, I, I have to do this whole thing <laughs> where I'm, I'm acting, you know, I have to act like I'm gay because the only way I can stay on a the team these days is to up my socials, you know? So thanks for having me on. I hope this will boost your podcast.
2: Yeah, man, uh, it will. Where uh, you're from? I think. Where are you from? You're from Pennsylvania, right? Somewhere around there. Uh,
0: East Pennsylvania. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty hardcore. Yeah, I went to boarding school up there. I think I. I may. Have, I don't know, man. I don't think I've seen you before. But uh, hey, man, look, you did great in your career here. You're doing. You're doing well. We're really. I mean, right now, I mean, you're gonna blow up, and I think it's so smart for you to do what you've done. Don't worry, I'll edit all this. All right, look, we're ready Thank to you. record. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. I got a great marketing team. Yeah. But I, I agree. <laughs> you know. But just uh thanks again. Uh, make America great again. And uh, hope this isn't recording though. I don't don't fuck no, me no, over no. We'll, belts.
2: We'll edit we'll all. We'll all this. But uh, by the way, dude, if they do cut you, you can sue the hell out of them. Everything you've done is brilliant. So I'm gonna buy your jersey tomorrow. Congratulations. Oh, I've
0: I've already had the conversation with Michael Sams. Don't worry, I'm all I'm all in.
2: Yeah. Well, very smart for you. All right, we're gonna start recording again. Uh, get back into character if you don't mind. You ready? Okay, three, two, one. Carl, how's it going, buddy? Danny Botts, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Good to have you on. The first gay player to come out in the NFL. Michael Sam was the first, kind of, but he never took a true NFL snap. He did sack Johnny Menzel in the preseason, but not like you, brother. You've had plenty of sacks, picks. I think you scored a couple touchdowns. And here you are coming out. You are a hero. You are amazing. And I'm buying your jersey tomorrow. I just want to let you know that.
1: Well, thank you so much, Danny Butts. That means so much. And, like, I'm just so excited. You know, I had to do it. I had to do it. A lot of people, they ask me, why now? Why now, Carl? And, you know, it's because it's, it's Gay Pride Month. I mean, honestly, like, yes, Queen, we need to raise awareness. And, you know, like Las Vegas, like, Nevada almost went red for... Pete's sake. So I, I'm 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 just trying to get awareness out, you know, and you guys can follow me on Instagram um, <laughs> at call on the Theme. Um, and you know, I'm I'm really excited. i I'm my my socials are so boosted.
2: That's incredible. Hey, uh, you got a big shout out last night by Don Lemon on LSU. Do you know who Don Lemon is, Carl?
1: Oh my god, I love Don Lemon. I was on his show, it was fantastic. He's so Stand, nice. Standing
2: ovation for you. Uh, that is incredible. And you said that you had some talks with Michael Sam. What did Michael Sam say? I'm just curious. I mean, what, what wisdom did he bestow upon thee?
1: Well, he sent me a picture of his asshole. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. It was a little, you know, uh, he's been a bottom for a little too long, if you don't mind me saying buts.
2: What? <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at you, man. I don't think I'm laughing with you. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm watching this. Look, man, I'm not going to disrespect you. I'm watching South Park's on on the TV here. It's on mute, and it was something funny. But look, I appreciate it. I coming. hope not,
1: because, you know, I only listen to this show because of that woke guy. Um exotic? You know, yeah, pro exotic. He's my favorite. And, you know, I <laughs> was expecting him to be on this. This is ridiculous. I was expecting an interview with Bro Exotic, and then I have you, Danny Butts. Like, honestly, I have – you don't even know how much my socials have blown up, and you have me doing this
2: and no Bro Exotic? Well, look, man, uh, next time we'll have Bro Exotic, come on. Um, Thanks for jumping on the Sports Antidote. Stick around for one second. We're going to cut right now, but stick on the recording so I can talk to you. But uh, thanks for jumping on the show. We really appreciate it, bro. Anytime, sweetie. All right. All right. Cut, cut, cut. Oh, right, dude, you did a great job. Uh, dude, what was it really like? Um, I said cut. God damn it. What was it really like being on Don Lemon real quick before you go? There's no way you liked that show. Oh, right? uh,
0: yeah. well, first off, you know, they, they they gave me a bunch of cue cards of things that I had to say or else they weren't going to run the interview. So, you know, that we had that, uh, you know, I, Honestly, that guy, I can't I can't stand him. I can't, can't freaking stand that guy.
2: Yeah, I kind of figured as much. It's a shame, but hey, man, you got to make that money. And congratulations to you. This is America. I thought this is America. You're about to get paid, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure that my social media gets out for everybody so I can make that money, son.
2: Yeah, I'll send it out, man. Look, Carl, thanks for jumping on the sports antelope And good luck being woke, jumping around, even though we know it's a facade but uh good luck man.
0: Yeah, where we go one we go all. Bye. That was a great interview. Hey, you're going to
2: cut that cut that other stuff out, right? Yeah, he wasn't. lie. Yeah. Just be good sure line. be sure and cut cut that out. Make sure we protect uh anyway, yeah. So, uh let's keep let's keep trucking here. So, Andrew Yang. Um loser. Rich, however, but a carpetbagger tries to come and be the mayor of New York, much like Hillary was the senator of New York, a carpetbagger. The New York Times reports now that uh, Wiley and Garcia could win, but it's an uphill battle. No, Adams leads the ex-22 22 years in the police force, a very reasonable liberal Democrat sizably leads because New York is tired of de Blasio Cockledry. and the New York Times cocks. And they try to say, oh, wait, it's not over. It's over. It's over. He's going to win. Unless you guys pull in New York what you did a few months ago in front of this entire country's eyes. You don't like it? Leave. Andrew Yang is such a (laughs) – it's just too easy. Anyway, like I said, IKEA, one of the wokest companies on the planet, thought that uh, they were exempt uh, from scrutiny when it came to passing out watermelon and fried chicken for free. On Juneteenth, well, of all the ideas out there, that's got to be upwards of be less white. Fried chicken and what? Wa- <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because we all like fried chicken and watermelon, but yet it's just, you know, attached to the African-American community. And Ikea must not have known that. Or maybe they did and thought that, that it was cool. Well, it wasn't. Get the cancel cops over here because that ass is about to get cance- canceled. Canceled. Disney has to continue on their level of... I mean, just another level of wokeness. So Loki, uh, you know, the, the 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 bastard's brother to Thor. I don't know. He just looks like... Whatever. I'm, I'm going to go down that road. We've already had enough <laughs> the homosexual community. I can't believe we had Nassim come on here. Man, it's amazing. Uh, we had Luke Longley on here as well. Where's the drunk neighbor when you need him? Anyway, so Disney confirms that they. The God of Mischief is bisexual. Well, yeah, we have to check that box. Because I'm not seeing that movie unless this guy at least puts one dick in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, I'll go see it now. Of course. Uh, Bill, that was a little violent. I don't care anymore. We're getting raped right now. Raped by Spotify. We're getting shadow banned on Instagram and by Facebook. This is absolutely a fact. And now they... They're telling us that our hits on this show are down, I don't know, about 950%. Yeah. No. So we're going to make this one the most politically incorrect show nearly ever. <laughs> and we'll do, it with, we'll do it with grace. So Disney, in my opinion, really just doesn't care anymore. When I mean they don't care, I know I jumped around there. We'll, we'll, I had to just get back to it. What they're doing now is so insane. And yet I'm still going to pay the piper. I'm still going to have to, in two years, pay Mickey and cut him that check. And it makes me it, – it just disgusts me. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the Baltimore police chief. Michael Harrison, who is a liberal Democrat, and <clears throat> he said he wants more boots on the ground. Oh, why that? He wants additional funding for his department amid a surge of violent crime in cities across the country. No. Well, I don't know why you want more boots on the ground. Just let the criminals play. What's the problem? During an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper, (coughs) (coughs) massive cock, (coughs) Harrison noted that Baltimore, like other big cities, is seeing a spike in violence. No way. Wow. With the Maryland city recording 18 homicides in the past 10 days. No way. How is that possible? Everything's cool now. Joe's in. Come on. Come on, man. It's just, world's going to hell, whatever. The Gemini method. What's that? I'm glad you asked. This is the method in which Roy DeMeo, the most feared person ever in the most destructive, feared, infamous mafia family ever, period, the Gambino family. This is the method he used to execute the company strategy. And execute he did, pun intended. But in order to get into that, we have to throw in some, some other things Of note, Ben Simmons. I know that now I've become the de facto, almost the Ben Simmons apologist. After the Sixers lost, I got an unbelievable amount of text messages from people around the country. Even the drunk neighbor, Judas. Atu Brute? (laughs) But that's okay, because him and I can have an intelligent sports conversation, but I can't with people in my family, apparently, and I can't with everyone else. Ben Simmons is it, – it's, it's a misperception of what he actually is. It's like Jonah Hill said in Moneyball. The, the imperfect understanding is you need to buy players. But no, you need to buy wins, and in order to buy wins, you have to buy runs. But but with Ben Simmons' case, it, it, this is the most misunderstood player I think I've ever seen. If you didn't know, he came to LSU from Australia. Yeah. The only reason he came to LSU is because his father was kind of friends with the worst coach on the planet, Johnny Jones. And LSU was on national television every single game. They won 18, 19 games, won the first game in the SEC tournament, got blown up by AM, and that was it. <clears throat> Simmons went. First pick next year, and of course, LSU, the players were glad that he was gone. Then the next year, they win. It was the worst team in the history of L. He carried that team for what they were and made him actually presentable. Um, you know, averaging 19, 11, and five, 19, 11.8, and 5 as a big man because he was out of position. That's going to be the theme of this show. Got to get guys in position to win. He was not – he's he's a point guard. Just because you're 6'10 don't mean you have to play on the block. Well, go tell Johnny Jones that. He didn't understand. Simmons is the best example I think possible of just out of position, not in the right spot. Well, he's a point guard now. Well, that's fine. He is. But is he? In Game 7, he held Trey Young to 5 for 23 from the field. Now, this is everyone says he's a low-percentage shooter. And did you watch that game? He had Doc Rivers asking this guy to do what he does, and he had 13 dimes, too, one turnover. Who cares? He didn't shoot in the fourth. That's not him. That's not him. There's a total misunderstanding of who this guy is. His pro career, he's averaged six, 16, 8, and 8. It ain't that bad. He don't turn it over much. An oversized point guard that can guard four positions, that wants to pass more than he shoots, he has mental problems, obviously. He's scared to shoot down low. He doesn't want to go to the free throw line. What do he shoot, 30% against the Hawks? That's pathetic. But he's not a superstar. He's a good player. He could be a superstar. He's the highest upside in the NBA. I can't believe you just said that. I did say it. He does everything else amazing except for score. And certainly you can figure that out. What is he, Markel Fultz? Hell no. He's a bust. Is he? I'll take him in two seconds. You want Lonzo Ball? Let's make that trade now. But he's not in the right spot, not in the right coach. Not in the right offense. Simmons wants to go. And by the way, can the Sixers get some shooters? Christ's sake, it's unbelievable. Can they get anyone that can shoot the three? And just sit there while he drives and dishes? It's, whatever. It's easy to bash the guy. I mean, I get it. He's not your guy late in the game. He can get you to the prom, but he ain't going to dance with the prom queen. He certainly ain't going to banger. But he can get you there. You can build around that. All right? He's overpaid. So what, is that his fault? So what is supposed to give money back? A lot of people are overpaid. No, he's not a max guy cuz he's not a superstar. He could be, he's not right now. Matter of fact, they say buy what is that sell sell high buy low. Now is the time to buy. I wish they would get on this kid. I can't believe you saying that. Well, you don't why? You don't know anything about basketball then. What do you want? Passes like passes like Magic Johnson nearly if you watch some of the stuff he does. I mean, I, 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 he, defends, he defends amazing every single game. He puts that effort out on that side, but he's asked to do way too much, and he's put out of place. It's not. He's, that's not his, his bag, at least for now. The blame should go on Doc Rivers, who once again cucks. How many perennial superstars and Hall of Famers is this guy going to have to have one title? What was Doc Rivers before the big three? Went to the Clippers. Oh, they didn't have much talent there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no talent on the Sixers. Out of position. The Gemini method. We'll get to that. Sam Darnold. Joining the Panthers. The consensus is like he's Nathan Peterman. He sucks. Peterman, that poor bastard. I think the drunk neighbor's listening to this when he's rolling his eyes. Peterman's first pass in San Diego hit a receiver in the face mask, bounced up and was returned for a touchdown. And then the wheels fell off the bus. I think he threw 10 more after that in that same game. Well, I don't know what that does to a 21-year-old. That would probably put a number on me. He's the backup for the Raiders. You probably, well, why is he still playing football and Kaepernick isn't? I don't know, maybe because the NFL scouts and people in the front office know that he's got some ability. And so does Sam Darnold. Running for his life. He may as well have a maga hat on, on the football field. He may as well have a maga helmet, for all intents and purposes. You cannot win with the last few years playing for the New York. Excuse me, the last fifty years playing for the New York Jets. That may have changed now. We'll see. But the Darnold sucks theory. I would have taken him down here in New Orleans so fast. Head spin. Go check out. Type in Sam Darnold touchdown 49ers. How he eludes, like, five people, one of them being Bosa, and then throws across his body and hits whatever the dude's name is, B- Black, Baxton, Black, I don't know, some Barrio, some scrub for the Jets, in stride for a touchdown, albeit meaningless, so what? The dude's got game. Then he joins Carolina. I was high on Carolina last year. They went 5-11. and 11. This is the same team. The only team that clocked them twice was the Bucks. This is... A team that did this without Christian McCaffrey, a top five player in the NFL and their best player by far. 5-11 and 11 with Teddy Wokewater. Where's he now? Exactly. Nobody wants him. He's garbage. 5-11 and 11 in a very difficult division with the New Orleans Saints and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bucks. Asterix, asterix, asterix on that Super Bowl win. Now Sam Darnold comes to a capable offensive line with Matt Rule, Joe Brady. This is the same team last year that took the Kansas City Chiefs' best record in the AFC and the New Orleans Saints' second-to-best record in the NFC all 15 rounds and lost on walk-off field goals both on the road. They're going to be really good. They're over under 7.5. I think they contend for the division. If I like him to go over seven and a half, I like him at nine or ten wins. I mean, I think, oh, yeah, they'll go eight and... Well, there's 17 games now, so eight and nine would be a win, but whatever. And how stupid is this? This 17-game season. Stupid. (laughs) Sam Darnold was so out of position for the Jets with no chance to win. Zero chance. He had no chance to do anything over there. Not only were they not using him right, they tried to run some Bullshit, like, old-school run-run pass offense like the Saints did throughout the 90s with Jim Mora in the 80s and 90s. The game has changed. You can throw on first down. The Jets ran the ball on first down last year 71% of the time. (laughs) That's a real statistic. Boy, way to mix it up there. Oh, they're a down-and-dirty team. You're an idiot team. Donald's with the right people now. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for LSU a couple years ago. And yes, he was the offensive coordinator. Don't cuck. He was the assistant. No, he wasn't. Matt Rule, look at his track record of turning people around. See Temple and Baylor. Baylor post rape scandal. Thanks, Art Bryles. It's coming. Don't come. I'm coming. Panthers are going to be very interesting. The Gemini method. Quick story about myself. Oh, here we go. Here he goes again, talking about high school. But this one makes perfect sense. I told you I played soccer one year. You've heard this before. I'll be brief, but we have a lot of new listeners. My senior year, I played soccer. I was really fast. They put me up front as striker. But I was terrible with the soccer ball. You actually have to have skill to play this game up front, in which I had zero. We're a good team, playoff team. We had 20-something wins. Defensive coach came to me, very similar to the, the, uh, I got kicked out of one game, red card, (laughs) and the defensive coach comes over, just like on uh, Remember the Titans, and basically tells me, you want to play defense, boy, and he was right. So when I was allowed to play again, they put me at stopper, Oh, and that's when it all changed. My first game at stopper, we played the Shipley School, who was riding a 50-something game win streak, three straight state titles, and it just, uh, soon to be, I'll say that in a minute, and I was had to guard this kid named Kevin Demanski. And him and I went at it in every single sport, except he was 50 times better than me in every single sport. He had a scholarship to play soccer for Drexel. He was pretty good at soccer. Well, they beat us 11 nothing on our own field. And he scored five goals. All I was responsible for, all five. I got roasted something serious. Well... I was in the wrong position at striker, in the right position at stopper, which plays right ahead of the sweeper on the second-to-last medal of defense. But they put me in the right spot. They just didn't know it yet. Now, they kept me back there. And I would hold this kid named Trotter for Delco, who also played soccer in Illinois, in college somewhere, to no goals after this, played him twice. And then we played the Shipley School again, they had just beat the 5A public state champion Octorera four to nothing on their own field. Away. They beat him on their field. And then they play us for their like 60th, 60 something straight win on their field. It's their homecoming. They have this like, you know, canyon where all the fans are up top and you play down here. And everyone, the Philadelphia Inquirer is there. Oh, it's gonna be historic. It was. We scored one goal before half, and they didn't score a goal the whole game. We beat them. And Demanski, not only did he not score, I took it so personal that game because I was in the right spot in the Gemini method. I was in the right spot. I hurt that kid. I knew it was on in the very beginning when I slid tackle some dude, and he flipped up in the air and landed on his back. But I did hit the ball, and the ref was like, he got the ball. I was like, he's going to let us play. Uh Uh-oh, not good for you white-collar boys. Now, is it Danny Belts? Not the biggest guy, but the Tasmanian devil back there. Oh, man, that was so much fun to beat them. And then after we won, we stomped on their midfield emblem. And their athletic director and president came out and told us to get off. And we didn't. What are you going to do? We have a bunch of black people on our team. (laughs) You have no black people on your team. Racist. Where's the equality at the Shipley School? There is none. But I was in the right spot. Not up front, but in back. And that's where you need to be. You have to be there. And that's just politics, sports, your everyday life. It's all the same. It's even the same in the mafia. Roy DeMeo. Probably one of the scariest people ever. They link him to 70 plus bodies. It's probably more around 250. 250. I'm reading a book right now on the Gambino family. It's the size of the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's fascinating. These guys are brutal. But the Gambino family recruited him to be some sort of captain. And they recruited him to be like, kind of like a politician type. You know, give the orders and have them carry him out. It's not, it's not really his bag, baby. After a while, he said, "I think I'm being mismatched. Like, w- w- what do you mean? Eh, I actually kind of want to kill people because I'm a homicidal maniac, thirsty for power and blood. I kind of want to be on the streets. So they unofficially demoted him, and to the streets he went. And they realized real quick, much like my soccer coach did, much like the New York Jets will soon. <laughs> And much like Doc Rivers and every cuck that thinks Simmons is a, oh, he's garbage, you will too when this guy goes to the right team, the right organization, and just the right fit. Boy, he was good. DeMayo was really good at killing people with the Gemini method. The Gemini Club was a place that they all frequented back in the day in Brooklyn, New York. That was the place where, like you see in the movies, you don't go there unless you're somebody. And if you go in there into nobody, just keep your mouth shut. To execute the Gemini method, they would lure you in on a side door to that club. And then, when they got you in the back room... DeMayo would shoot you in the head with a silencer on his pistol. And then he'd wrap a towel around your head immediately to stop the bleeding. And then somebody, the accomplice, there were several people, would take a dagger and stab the dead person right in their heart to stop the bleeding from the head. See, with all the blood, there becomes evidence. Now, there's not forensic evidence at this point in time, however, this is pretty smart. Stab you in the heart, shoot you in the head, stop the bleeding from the head, take you right to the bathtub, hang you upside down like a sleeping bat. Drain you out, chop you up, arms here, legs there, cut the torso in two, six pieces with the head, lucky number seven. Package everything up in newspaper and duct tape and send you to the dump. Bingo. The Gemini Method. Boy, they found him in the right spot there, huh? (laughs) He's a killer. Player's going to play, killer's going to (laughs) kill. 70 people. He killed 10 people in one day, one time. All over the Gemini method. Well, business is booming back there, huh? (laughs) The right fit is so important. And run again, just to reiterate and to recap. Doesn't matter if it's Ben Simmons, Sam Darnold, Me or DeMeo or you in your job or even with your wife or whoever has to be the right fit. Even with even your neighbors, even though you can't help that. It has to be. If you want a good life, it has to be a good fit. My life ain't so good right now because of my neighbors. When I get back from Atlanta, I'm going to have to confront one again. And I thrive on controversy, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired I'll be forty soon. I'm forty. I'm a man. Pick on me. I'm forty. Just remember that. The right fit. The Gemini method. And white bitch of the week.
0: Bitch, white bitch. The
2: you know low hanging fruit. I don't mind picking it, but some, you have to sometimes. But if you didn't know. We talked about it last week. The Pelicans fired Stan Van Wogie. The smartest move they've ever made since the dumbest move they made by hiring him. And in Van Wogie's press conference, which you cannot find on YouTube, yet he did have a presser, and I did see half of it. And the half that I saw, apparently it was only a few minutes, all he did was get political. It was like he just never coached here, just like he is on Twitter. After they lost to the Knicks in that pivotal game they needed to win late in the season at double overtime or whatever, and he's on Twitter five minutes after the loss, and I blew him up like a grenade, and then, of course, he deletes the tweet because I asked, hey, what are you doing tweeting? Isn't there a post-speech something, post-mortem something you want to talk about on the chalkboard? I don't know, something? Tell him a story? Juggle? Don't get on Twitter and talk about Trump or DeSantis, idiot. He can't even take credit he, – he, he can do no, – he is a parasite on society and it, it is a shame that he's a millionaire. But much like the, the mainstream media can't clown Trump anymore, I feel the same void that I can't make fun of this man anymore for his inability to coach basketball. However, I'm sure I'll still troll him on Twitter every single day he tweets and Stan Van Wokey, peace out and I'm sure you'll move to a red state like a locust. A real red state. 10,000 bucks as he moves back to Florida. Probably still kept his house there. And he'll make fun of DeSantis. And he'll cuck your white bitch of the week, Van Gundy. And you are also nominated for white bitch of the year. And we will turn to you, top 10 frontrunner in the awards banquet for this award late in December. Your invited pal, white bitch of the week. The Onion Ring. Where even fiction is reality. Everything on here is a fact. With guest host, Bro Exotic, Super Woke. Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the Sports Handle. What's going on, pal?
3: Uh, let me get this straight, dude. Um, did you just have an interview with Carl Nassib? I...
2: I don't know how you know. That. Yeah, I did. I don't know how you know that, but yes. Let me just make what's, one what's thing. Problem?
3: Let me make one thing clear to you, bro. Uh, that's my field. I am the uh the woke authority around here, dude. Uh, you don't have interviews with uh the first openly gay active NFL player without me, dude. So uh, it's strike one. You're on cancel review. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this is Bro Exotic, uh, founder of Me Too, Epsilon Theta Omega Omega. Uh, what's going on, bro?
2: sick uh did the woke pope have feelings about this as well or was it just you was it both
3: i don't want to get on his bad side no dude uh he actually uh does not know about it yet but uh we're gonna we're gonna have a little conference soon we're gonna talk about this one uh certainly he wants to... oh, come
2: you don't need to tell him about this bro it's my you don't need to do this
3: bro. well dude like he's having uh interviews with uh pen-sexual, uh indian cricket players dude and you're over here there's a big event here and you don't even invite us on dude uh we're kind of Kind of a little uh perturbed here, man. Is there a chance we could be canceled? Uh I mean you're you're on thin ice, dude. You're on thin, woke ice and uh cancellation is uh is all but imminent at this point, dude. Hmm. But anyway, well, we don't want to go down those dark the dark roads there, dude.
2: Okay. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. i I'll, I'll get with your people. Anyway, thanks for jumping on. Once again, can you give your quick little uh, intro again? I don't think anyone heard it. I think he interrupted you. Go ahead.
3: Oh, uh, no problem, dude. Yeah. So uh, founder of Me Too, Mu, Epsilon, Theta, Omega, Omega. Uh, we are a social awareness frat of uh, bros who discourage uh, and cancel those who use language, uh, physical demonstrations, and uh, any other use of the First Amendment to offend or belittle minorities or marginalized groups of people, uh, such as you know, people of color, pansexuals, uh, I don't know sea lions who now identify as land lions. Um, you know, if you're oppressed and you're upset, then we're all set, dude. We're uh, we're at your defense.
2: Okay, we're gonna run that back. Okay, what's up, with this land land lion?
3: What's going on here? I'm sorry. Yeah, dude. I mean, any any uh anyone who feels marginalized and uh and oppressed, you know, if a sea lion wants to identify as a land lion now, uh, would say throw him in Savannah, dude.
2: Well, that's that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, we don't have much time here. I know your time is limited, and I'm sorry to offend you about having an interview with uh, Carl without letting you know, especially the woke Pope. I imagine the woke Pope will be furious when he hears this, right?
3: Uh, woke Wolf, Wolf Pope is uh, actually never furious. Uh, he's perfect in every way, emotionally. Uh, oh, wait, he?
2: Shane, he. J- I'm sorry. I, I just got a. I got a direct, direct, direct message here. All right. It looks like he. whoa i'm reading this he's coming on next week to uh deliberate uh and adjudicate so it looks like uh we're gonna hold court next week on uh me having this interview without him so there it is man well you're uh you're copied he just copied you on it but you probably have a flip phone but uh yeah it's uh dude it's coming for me wow
3: yeah, dude. Well, uh, you're welcome in advance for uh, your viewership uh, heightening there.
2: Well, here it comes. Yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about a little bit about the church, I mean, not the church awoke, but as much the fraternity you're in. What? I know that people have asked me, like, what really do you guys do? And of course, you pander, you know, whatever. <laughs> but tell us more a little bit in the next couple of minutes about what's really going on here, because there's a lot of people that are asking and I. Bro, exotic. I, I kind of have no idea what to say.
3: Yeah, dude. So we're uh, we're actually like moving past just uh even being at the defense for minorities and the marginalized groups of people. Like I just said, uh, we're actually uh supporting uh we're way past critical race theory. That's you know that's for that's elementary to us. Okay, so actually let
2: me get this straight. I'm know critical race theory for you is almost elementary at this point yeah, for my dude. listeners to understand. They yeah. got to keep up with you.
3: Yeah. Critical race theory. When you talk about that, you're just, you might as well just be like Sean Hannity. Those are just like, it's like conservative to us, dude. We're actually moved on. We're on critical. Spe- <laughs> we're, on, we're actually, uh, we're way past you. We're on critical species theory. We just know we need to eradicate all people, dude, white people in general, because we've just been, uh, you know, forget about India and China, dude. White people are the reason why this planet is going Uh, down the drain dude we are the demise of this planet and uh critical species theory dude we just need to we need to end it all man we need to uh, get everybody just off this planet and just start
2: over dude csp interesting you bring this up critical species theory um is this critically getting rid of the dominant species are we trying to promote different animal species are we just getting rid of people like me uh, the tax-paying, law-abiding, white citizen. I need to go, right?
3: Yeah, dude. I mean, we yeah, are, the, we are the reason why this planet is dying. We're the reason why all these animals are going extinct. So for the uh, betterment of the world, dude, we just need to go. We need to uh, give the world another chance, and uh, we need to cancel ourselves off the face of the planet. How do you suppose we do that? <laughs> we'll have to go I over mean- that. We a lot of think tanks uh, about that one, dude. Uh, we're still trying to find the perfect solution the perfect solution is exterminating people off the face of the planet man
2: wow you're so woke you sacrifice yourself to better a generation of yeah
3: dude well it's actually not my not my original idea Pip came up with it because he's like of a woke, course, of he's, course. The woke, he's the woke messiah of the world so instead of sacrificing himself he wants all of us to sacrifice all of us so
2: trying to interpret his text right now is very difficult being as where his voice is crazy um, but can you please uh, – I'm not saying you're his secretary. You are a woke cardinal. Uh, you right. are a rook on the chessboard. Uh, these woke bishops have called me in the past, and I'm like, shoo, shoo. I don't have time for you. I'm already speaking to your boss. Why would I talk to you? Can you please confirm with the woke poke to come on next week to talk about the extermination of the human race and his frustration with, of course, me and I bringing him on the interview with Carl? Um, do you think that's, is that above your pay grade or can you maybe get him back on again? You, you, you've, you've been sufficient in this before. I mean, you're one for one. Can you be two for two? That's the question.
3: Oh, most definitely dude. I can get him on here. Uh, it's something that he's really passionate about. Uh, one of his favorite scenes in all cinema, uh, would be when the aliens in Independence Day first destroy all of New York, because it's exactly what we need to do. Right. Uh, you mean that laser
2: right there on the empire state building? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So when when the aliens,
3: when the aliens just blast all of those colonists to smithereens, it's like, it's so awesome, dude.
2: That's, that's incredible. Well, Joe, I mean, Joe, bro, exotic, uh, Joe, bro. Thanks for jumping back on the show, man. Once again, you just display how insane you are, but yet how amazing you're, how amazing you're and fascinating your mentality is in life. I mean, we want to eliminate it, you know, all of humanity, yeah. um yeah i mean and the woke pope hey by the way before you go how has the tuesday night sermons been going from the woke pope I've, they've been good or consistent uh, I imagine. yeah dude
3: um they they've been uh they've been woke so far uh mm. he's he's been uh spitting that hot fire dude um you know we're just uh really really trying to uh really dig into this critical species theory dude and uh you know when we're, we're not out there just uh you know, pandering to, and any group that really does feel marginalized, you know, the, the Asian hate thing has gone down a little bit, but we're still trying to promote that. Uh, riots, riots are going down, but we still need to promote that. Buffalo right wings needs to get back up. Woco bell Mm -hmm. is seeing some profit there too. So, uh, yeah, we're just, you know, trying to get everyone as pissed and
2: mad as possible so we can
3: continue to make profits until we find a solution to end all humanity.
2: Oh, well, that's, that's amazing. I'm glad to hear you're profitable in the private sector. Good for you. Hey, um, the, uh, Woke Pope just sent me something. I'm looking at it right now. All I need is your signature. He says it's cool for me to attend the next service on Tuesday. This may look kind of doctor. Just sent it to you. Um, just need your signature, and I can come into the service next Tuesday. Just need you to sign it. It's right there in front of you. It's pretty basic. Are uh, you sure
3: that's not like the same number of a guy who's trying to tell you he's from the IRS and he's from India? I I think it's a scam, dude. I don't know if the woke pope would just give you the nod just like that quickly. But we'll see. I don't know. I'll talk to him.
2: Uh, No, no. No, it's okay. You busted me. I'm going to get in that church sooner than later. Anyway, well, I'll tell you what. Bro, Exotic, thanks for jumping on the pod. I'm sorry you weren't in that interview. I'll have you on the next one. Talk to the woke pope. Get a feel. You know, Kind of get a feel for what's going on. Check the temperature of the situation. And uh, your theory of blowing everyone up is, I mean, obviously just (laughs) brilliant. I mean (laughs) – what else? But uh, thanks for jumping on the sports end. Uh, anything you want to
3: close with? Absolutely, dude. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at broexotic, uh, B-R-E-A-U-X, exotic. And no joke, stay woke, bro. Stay woke, chief. All right, dude. Cheers.
2: Bro, exotic is the legend that is being told on this podcast week by week. And I just don't understand how anyone can be this amazing and that's stupid. <laughs> Where's Tommy Bench? From
0: the halls of to the of
2: Tommy Bench joining the sports antidote. What's going on there, pal?
4: Not much, champ. How you doing?
2: Champ, like it. Doing well, man. Just sitting here in Atlanta. Like a schlep, uh, this city is garbage. Um, it, I don't. It has gone come, downhill. Yeah, I don't want to come back here for many reasons. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, instead of me going trashing a city I don't live in, because I could trash New Orleans all day. Why don't you take us away? I think we're going to discuss, of course, Hunter Biden. Uh, we're going to talk about a stolen vehicle and something going on out right there in the far, far east. Go right in. Yes.
4: So. As people have known, you know, on the Sports Antidote, we, we've been following the uh, the story of Hunter Biden, his his many uh, exploits, <laughs> of which there are many. And they just keep coming, this steady drip, drip, drip. But you know what? I'm changing my tune. I am changing my tune. I actually think Hunter Biden might be one of the smartest people out there. Now you may be shocked to hear that and think, huh, how in the world is this possible? How could Hunter Biden... Hunter, I once attempted to smoke Parmesan cheese because I thought it was leftover crack. Biden, how could he be one of the smartest people in the world? I think he has found the most simple and straightforward way to violate all kinds of ethics, rules, laws, regulations, procedures, norms, and standards in such a simple way. It really is admirable. For anyone who has not been keeping up with Hunter Biden, uh, <laughs> he, he claims that he's been clean for a couple of years now. Although in his memoir, uh, what, This Is How It Happened? Or, or I forget the title, but his memoir that is coming out shortly, he admits that 2018 was a, a crack-fueled haze, I think were his exact words. But in recent, in the recent past, within the last year or so, He actually married some model from South Africa, and he has recently become an amateur artist. And you might think, okay, a lot of people have little side hobbies that, you know, keep them busy. He is an amateur artist who, despite never having produced any artwork, and frankly, the things he produces now look about on par with a (laughs) paint-by-number watercolor.
2: I hate to interrupt. Would it be like the amateur sketch from the Leprechaun? yes (laughs)
4: yes if y'all seen the leprechaun say yeah his his paintings are 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 just i mean they they literally look like something that a mildly talented eighth grader would put together right Uh, so there's you know and they're landscapes apparently and he is selling them the most recent one was sold for five hundred thousand dollars and the buyer decided to remain anonymous and at first, of course, I had the reaction many people had, which is that this is, this is just disgusting. It's obvious people are going to pay him money to peddle influence. And because it's art, it's so subjective, but it's brilliant. I'll give it to him. i got to give it to him. This is brilliant because art is so subjective. Because I could go vomit, literally vomit on a canvas and spread feces all over it and say, this is, this is how I emoted uh, during the pandemic of the last year. And sooner or later, some idiot will think it's just brilliant. In fact, recently, people are going to think I'm making this up, but Google it. Recently, a statue of nothing sold for $18,000. Now, you would think, well, what does a statue of nothing look like? Exactly. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Some Italian artist sold nothing for $18,000. And it represents the void in all of our lives or some some nonsense. So anyway, got to give it to Hunter Biden. He figured out that, I mean, it's just perfect because art is so subjective. It's so subjective. It's not like he has to, you know, sell commodities for which there's prices that you can index against. It's not like he's attempting to, you know, sell some kind of consulting service again for which you could sort of compare to any other consulting service and, you know, come up with a, well, that probably should have only – it's totally subjective. There's no reason somebody couldn't say, oh, I think he's the next Rembrandt, so I'm going to give him $3 million for that. Hey, Hunter, by the way, could you ask your dad to do the following? I, I just I'm I'm disgusted and blown away all at the same time. So it, it really is. It just it shows everything that's wrong with the Biden family. Even the uh, one last note, even the Obama ethics chief commented on it and said, this is really inappropriate and really has
2: a bad look to it. The Obama so. ethics chief.
4: The Obama ethics sheet commented
2: on. What does that even mean? But yeah, okay. So,
4: (laughs) all right. Moving on.
2: Does he want to comment on how Barry came into the White House with less than a million dollars in net worth and left the White House with over sixty million in net worth and bought a house? And Martha's vineyard? vineyard.
4: Yep, despite the fact that global uh, global warming is going to cause the oceans to rise. But he bought lakefront. <laughs> well, right from right on
2: the water, baby. He, he right, North-
4: oceanfront property there on uh, Martha's Vineyard. Good so, for him. <laughs> yeah, hey, good for him. He, he found a hustle and and he executed. He executed the company strategy. All right, stolen car. I can't remember if I remember, uh, mentioned this on previous episodes, but about six, seven weeks ago,
2: Got a, there, got a cop story coming here. What, happened the, Bel- what happened to Bench's car?
4: There's There are the sounds of beautiful downtown Atlanta for you. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't put the sirens on. I, I didn't think they were allowed to care enough to get anywhere quickly uh, in Atlanta with the horrible mayor. So, all right, six, seven weeks ago, I, I go outside to take my kids to school, and there's a big empty space where my car is normally parked. <laughs> yeah. You know, at first I thought well, maybe my wife went somewhere. I yell upstairs, "Last night," uh, you know. no, Mrs. Bench is, she's around. Like you didn't drive anywhere. No, okay. So it turns out my car was stolen. Now, now before I act with too much righteous indignation, I will be honest and say I left my keys in it, and I must have forgotten to lock it. Uh, I had a car that had one of those keypads, and what I would frequently do is leave the keys in there and lock it from the outside, and that way I didn't have to worry about bringing my keys with me so obviously again can't have too much righteous indignation when i put myself in a position uh to have something like that happen so anyway it sounds sounds
2: like you just depended on your white privilege to have no one take your car i did
4: i did i depended on my white white you have to say the h for the w white male privilege in the suburbs uh for nobody to steal it so okay Uh, Of course, I report it to police, insurance, start doing all that stuff. There's some information that comes up in the first week or two about, well, the the license plate was scanned by this license plate scanner. and, And then a couple weeks later, I got a bill from the toll authority that the different set of plates that I had in the trunk that was associated to an older car, they must have taken out and put on and so, was, I'm like,
2: sorry. Dude. You made this so easy for them. I know <laughs> keys in the car, plates in the trunk. I know, extra <laughs>
4: plates in the trunk from but a previous the insurance
2: company. company. I'm telling you to get F dude. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> no, i and and I was somewhat worried that 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 might have been the case. But anyway, now I'm sure if I were to have this happen again, they'd drop me from my insurance. so 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 there's you know little pieces of information that, that it's generally in kind of the northern Fort Worth area. Couple days ago, I got a car. Mr. Carroll, this is Investigator So and So. We have located your vehicle. Cool. All right. And he starts asking me questions. He says, uh, "You know, there's a bunch of stuff in here. You know, we we might be able to use it to figure out who stole it. Uh, and, and and apparently, the the individual who was driving it at the time was apprehended. And so I think what happened is he must have been speeding or something." You know they ran the plates, and by this time he had switched the plates again. And not only did he switch the plates, apparently he put two different sets of rims on the car, because the investigator asked me, well, uh, what, "What kind of rims did you have on?" And and being just just being the person that I am, uh, I said, "Just whatever came with the car out of the factory." a white okay, person?
1: Is that what so you
4: mean? <laughs> no, no, I. And I, I, he said, well, because they've got the, the blacked out spoke rims on one side and chrome rims on the other.
2: Ooh, that sounds like an Asian. And
4: I, I said, I was like, this guy sounds real high class. And even the investigator chuckled a little bit. And then he asked me, you know, do you smoke? Because he was asked, he wanted to compare the items in the vehicle because if any of them weren't mine. They could potentially, uh, you know, do DNA tests, fingerprints, et cetera, that sort of thing. And he said, do you smoke? I said, nope. I was tempted to ask. You know, are they menthol cigarettes or not? But anyway, uh, he asked me, you know, do you, do you drink Coca-Cola? I said, I'm, I'm strictly a Coke Zero guy when I drink, although I've, I've been laying off soda lately. And he goes, OK, so that's not yours. We'll be able to test that. There was there was. And as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, there was somewhat of an orgy of evidence in the vehicle uh, that I was no longer the person operating it. And, and there were many things to connect to the person who was operating it uh interestingly he also mentioned they were going to take some fingerprints off of the touch screen i made sure to mention that you know i i do have a concealed carry permit so my prints will be in the system so i'm sure they'll they'll come up um so was just it was interesting And, and it turns out they arrested the guy they're gonna they're gonna charge him with unlawfully operating a motor vehicle because i think they can't they can't prove that he was necessarily the guy who stole it and and the investigator told me look in uh how did he phrase it? In, in in he didn't even say communities. Basically, what he's trying to say is in certain socioeconomic circles, uh, but he but he said it differently. I can't remember the exact words. He said, "Look, people buy and sell cars without doing title transfers and registrations, and and all the time. So it's just something you know. It, it's not the kind of thing." Anybody with a job and a house and gainful employment does. I mean, you would never consider buying a car from somebody without seeing the title and and doing a transfer and then going and getting it registered. So it's possible this car had changed hands two or three times already, even just the short period of time it's been since it was stolen. And unfortunately, there was quite a bit of damage to both sides of the vehicle. And people may be wondering, like, well, did the insurance pay out? I'll cover that. The insurance did pay out. They paid out about three, four weeks ago. I've since gotten a a new to me but very used car and the way it works is now the insurance company essentially owns the car they they basically bought it from me and so if it ever got recovered it's now their property so and unfortunately none of my personal property like the kids booster seat my workout gear stuff other stuff in the trunk unfortunately none of that was with the vehicle so they must have dumped it and cleaned it out so that's a little disappointing but there is the there's the travails of my stolen vehicle. So, All right. moving on very quickly, and then we're going to wrap up here. <laughs> the Taiwanese semi- Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. Why in the what? world am I talking about them? The, it's the world's 11th largest company. They do about $550 billion a year in revenue. And they are essentially the single maker for some of the most complex semiconductors and chip chips and chip components in the world and their main foundry and factory is on the country the island nation country of taiwan i hope the chinese censors heard that yes taiwan is a country it's an island nation and you're like "All oh, right, why are we talking about this look by now i probably mentioned the global chip shortage and the effects it's having it, it's really getting things back up to speed there's this whiplash effect where you know the orders come in much faster than your capacity can get up and then your supplier's capacity is mismatched because the world supply chain up through february of 2020 was working on a just-in-time model where things arrived and they were consumed pretty quickly so there's all kinds of things happening with chips and semiconductors but highlighting the fact that this this one company and, and really, again, talking about the most complex type of chips are made in one place. And, and it it's the kind of thing that nobody's talking about and it won't be a problem until very suddenly it's a problem. And, and it really is like COVID. If you think back, I mean, March 8th or 9th of 2020, everybody was really, I mean, you, people were going about their lives. It was starting to be talked about. But then by March 13th, your life was turned upside down in really a matter of four or five days. And, and if if China ever invaded, you want to talk about well, why should we care about China invading Taiwan? If China invaded Taiwan and seized control of this particular factory and foundry and, and the assets of this company, it's the kind of thing where, yes, that would be huge news if China took over Taiwan. But even if they found a way to do a soft takeover, you know, install their own puppet politicians and things like that. The control of this facility. It, 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 it's the kind of thing you'd be talking about and then suddenly your life would be turned upside down. Imagine if we in the US could no longer get a hold of products with the most complex electronic chips in them. How quickly we would fall behind. Uh, it, it's it's it, it is the kind of thing that is of such great concern. And I, I hate saying this as a conservative. This very idea disgusts me. It's almost to the point where I do think the U.S. government should subsidize an American chipmaker building a foundry or a factory here in the U.S. Ooh, it, it, sounds,
2: it is, a little, sounds a little woke.
4: It, I, I know, and I hate saying it. It, 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 it. it physically pains me to say that, but the idea that, you know, especially with the complexity of our weapon systems – you know and and it's one of those you got to go deep into the layers of these systems it's not just the first chipboard you pull out it's the components on the chipboard it's the it's the components inside the components on the chipboard that are made in this factory and and the idea that it's you know 100 miles away from mainland china and they could probably seize control of taiwan in 72 hours it, it is exceedingly concerning and and i i hope the Nations of the West and the rest of the world start paying attention. And, and I do think there, there is some attention being paid in light of the global chip shortage, which is illustrating how reliant the whole world is on especially one location to produce the most complex chips. So there endeth the lesson for the day.
2: Well, that was a hot take. I like it. Tom, I mean, we got Tommy Bench into subsidy now. I mean, what's next? What's I here? know. <laughs> but it's okay. It makes sense. Uh, Like most things you say, at least you bring a little rationale uh, to the end of this show. Uh, And just so you know, uh, Carl Nassib uh, actually had an interview with us in the beginning of the show. I didn't want to tell you that. That's fantastic. Uh, And the the, uh, woke pope were furious that they were not involved in that interview. But I felt that that would have been kind of letting the fox in the henhouse, you know?
4: Yeah, but that's incredible to get such a high-profile guy on the show. I, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed.
2: Make Our marketing sure. department is outstanding these days. They're
4: they're lighting it on fire, folks. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review.
2: There it is. All right. Well, Tommy Bench, thanks for jumping on the Sports Analyst, and like always, we'll see you next week, pal.
4: All right, out here.
2: Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 54. We're getting close to NFL and college futures. I'll be taking the Panthers over seven and a half, I'll tell you that. The Gemini Method. Interesting uh, interesting story. Thanks to our contributors. Uh, thanks to Carl Nassib for coming on, bearing his heart and his soul. grow Exotic and Tommy Bench. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us at the Sports Antidote. Follow it. Be at Danny underscore belts. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real, Anadotians.
3: I'm outspoken. My language is broken into a slang, but it's just a dialect that I select when I hate. I play it cool. Schooling is all. Then I'm about to school it with the girl. He's just busting it out.